in any situation, I always think about it, you know, you're negotiating. Imagine that you're negotiating something with someone, there's a pile of gold on the table. And that gold represents the amount of gain, potential gain, that lies in whatever deal you can make or whatever relationship you can create. Well, so often what you find is that people walk away from the table, either without a deal, they leave all that gold on the table, or they walk away just taking away part of the gold. So the question is, how do you get all the gold? And the answer is by using our creativity, tapping into our innate potential for creativity. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to The Sprinkler Nerd Show. This is episode 155. And if that introduction caught your attention, please have a listen to The Tim Ferriss Show, episode number 721, with proven negotiator William Uri. I'm going to share with you sort of my summarized, a couple of my summarized thoughts on this episode that I listened to this week. It was a rather long episode, so I had an opportunity to listen to some of it in my truck, some of it while working out, and then the last 15 minutes in my office. And I tend to, when I hear something that resonates with me, I tend to want to screen capture it and then refer to it later. And in this case, I thought it would be something of value worth sharing with all of you, because I do think that negotiation is something, at least for me, that makes me feel uneasy. If I know that I have to go negotiate with someone or hear the word negotiate or watch a negotiation, it's rare that we're jumping for joy and cheering for celebration that we have to go into a negotiation because of the way that it is sort of um, portrayed in in our world here in 2024. And I really like the way that William Uri describes how he helps some of the world's most powerful individuals. And I won't uh, drop any spoilers here. You'll have to go listen to the episode. Succeed in the process of negotiation. And it came across to me as not so conventional. So I thought I would share that with you today, my notes from listening to this episode. And I, I hope it resonates with you. And I hope that if you have the chance, do listen to this episode. And it, what it made me think is that negotiation, to think of negotiation as a problem solving process. So as it relates to typical negotiation, and perhaps the stereotypical concept of negotiation, at least through my lens, and, and even through Williams and, and the comparison that we'll look at here today is that it seems like negotiation has historically always been a win or lose outcome. You either get the gold or you don't get the gold. And so I think that's what sort of maybe perhaps sets the tone of the anxious tone or the uneasy feeling when you have to negotiate is because it tends to seem like it could be rather black or white. You win or you lose. However, what if both people 
were to win. And instead of looking at it as winning, were just to simply um, have the outcome that they were looking for. So William introduces uh, kind of this concept of self-mastery and the critical role of self-regulation in negotiation and also just in any kind of conflict resolution to kind of look to look inward uh, to master the role of self-regulation. And he kind of suggests that the power to influence others, those on the other side of the table, is rooted in our own ability to first influence ourselves. How can we influence others if we can't influence ourselves? And so acknowledging our own sort of a tendency to react and to be quick on our reply oftentimes um, influences the outcome in a negative fashion. And uh, I'll talk about this here in a minute, but the way that William, um, this concept that William came up with, he calls going to the balcony. And going to the balcony is really a metaphor to help illustrate a mental perspective or a mental vantage point from which, you know, you can kind of detach yourself from the, uh, from the conflict, from the uncomfortable situation, from the negotiation, and then you can just, and then you can refocus your primary objectives and assess the situation and look at it with better clarity. And the balcony, the way, the way that I kind of, uh, I guess, take this, uh, think of this, at least the picture that it put in my mind was that the, the balcony, the view from the balcony is almost like encouraging this pause, this breath, take a breath, pause, don't react, take a breath, pause so that you can navigate the conflict more thoughtfully without your impulsiveness, without your, without being reactionary, without feeling charged or triggered and, Someone told me this a while ago, and I'm going to play a quote for you here in a second that basically explained what someone had told me. And they said something like, Andy, if you, if you feel emotional, do not send the email. If you're writing this email from a place of, um, of emotion, and I don't mean like love emotion, I mean a triggered you know, response emotion, don't send the email. Wait pause. And they suggested waiting 24 hours. And they even suggested don't write the response in the email platform because you could accidentally hit send. Just get out your notepad, get out Microsoft Word, get out something else, write your response, and then wait 24 hours and then read it again and see if what you wrote when you were emotional, when you were triggered, makes sense when you have clarity. And I think in many ways, the way that William describes going to the balcony is just that. It's creating that, that pause. So I'll play a quote for you right now that should make you laugh, but also should resonate with you. So here we go. When angry, you will make the best speech you will ever regret. When angry, you will make the best speech you will ever regret. When angry, you will make the best speech you will ever regret. <laughs> that's awesome. I, that's exactly what I mean. And it, it also... Uh, because we also live in a text message world, it works for text messages. You know, if you if somebody sends you a text or they leave you a voice message or an email and you feel like you want to respond with a text, wait, pause, wait 24 hours, shit, wait 48 hours, shit, wait 72 hours, wait as long as it takes so that you are not uh, feeling the emotion to trigger when you 
send the response, whether that's phone or chat or email or text message, whatever it is, um, hold off uh, and practice that. And um, I think that was that's something that I try to practice. I don't always get it right. But I'm trying more and more to not respond. Just just wait till I can uh, think thoughtfully about it instead of from that place of emotion. Let's see. And in addition to um, negotiation and William's background in negotiation, he has recently written a book, and there's a lot of con- a lot of conversation and talk on the book in this episode called Possible. I think it's essentially just about dealing with conflicts, not just negotiation, but but conflicts. And he has this, I'd never heard this before, but he has a concept that he calls being a possibilist, which I think is just, it's just phenomenal. Um, being a possibilist. And the way he describes a possibilist are those who discover opportunities, even in the most daunting situations. And... Um, and using the, the thought of anything being possible as a way to approach the negotiation. So if you are going into a negotiation with a possibilist mindset, that is going to be one that is more, uh, that uses more of a creative problem solving set. Um, something that may somebody who may come up with a more innovative solution that might be able to transform a no deal into a win-win. Um, something that expands options. Somebody, somebody that comes up with new concepts to add to the negotiation that hadn't been thought of before that make the um, existing limitations obsolete, that expand the existing limitations of the negotiation. And it's uh, sort of this concept of, of optimism as influence, kind of that positive attitude that can foster uh, openness and collaboration, but also inspire others who are involved in the negotiation to adopt the similar outlook because it may take two people to have that same outlook. So if you have that same outlook and the other person doesn't, anything you say, they're going to say, no, no, that won't work. I can't, I can't. But if, but if both parties can come together with that possibilist mentality, the creative problem solving, the expanding options, the optimism as influence, if both people or both parties can have that mindset, then... Both parties can work together to solve the conflict for the benefit of both. And uh, I kind of think that in – let me see how I'm going to wrap this up. <laughs> in, in essence, um, maybe by embracing the possibilist mindset – you can shift negotiations from a competitive win-lose or maybe a tug-of-war um, uh, type of situation to something that is mutually advantageous and has mutual benefits or mutual solutions for both parties. So I guess you know my, 
my message to you after listening to this podcast is to go listen to it so that you don't have to take my word for it, but to really encourage you to reconsider the framework of your next negotiation, whatever it could be. It could be discussing something with your child or your wife or your boss at work or one of your managers or it, it, it really, there's no... There's no limits to how you can use this creative thought process in a negotiation instead of a win or lose perspective. And that to do that, the first step would be to focus on yourself. How can you change yourself? How can you regulate yourself? How can you have the patience to pause, not react, only to react when there is not any emotion tied to the thought or the outcome, and that that power uh, can de-escalate things, even inside. And this is so hard. <laughs> it is so hard. Um, but, but I think that if we can practice that, then we'll have less, um, let's not think of it as war, but sometimes a negotiation feels like that, win and lose. But it doesn't have to be that way if both sides can think of what's possible, and maybe we're negotiating something that seems black and white, but let's come up with some other ideas to add to the negotiation so that we can think more creatively, think, think critically, think openly, and not from that place of, of reactionary and uh, responding when we're, we're triggered. And so I think that by doing that, we can transform negotiations from that, from that win or lose to being more of a joint problem-solving opportunity. So that's what I have for you today, guys. Have a listen to the Tim Ferriss show episode number 721. I promise you it won't disappoint. And if you are bored at any moment during the podcast, you can always fast forward 30 seconds. Boom, 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 boom. You can skip through sections, but uh, highly recommend that one. And thank you always. Thank you all for listening. Love hearing your comments, your feedback. And if there's something else, if there's a guest you would like to hear, a topic you would like to, to be discussed, a book you would like me to read, another podcast you would like me to listen to, always open and want your feedback and your suggestions. So thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend and we'll catch you on the next episode.